Hello, and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. Today, we are going to pick up a conversation that we started a few weeks ago, talking about some ideas to help you lead your staff. We sat down a few weeks ago with Todd Wagner and JP, Jonathan Pecluda, and asked them to talk about 10 ideas to help you lead your staff. Last episode, we talked about two of those ideas, and today we're going to talk about three. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen into that interview, hear Todd and JP talk about these three, and then John and I will come back with some final comments before we wrap up. So let's listen to Todd and JP now. All right, next one. So give timely, helpful, candid feedback. You know, I, just, say about that? I think about how reviews are a formality around here. And so when you know, we step into a room uh, ever so often to hand a piece of paper and, and give an employee rating, and here's what you're doing great, and here's an area that I think you need to work on, and here's a plan, a developmental plan. That that is uh, So we have something on file, I guess, but that is information that that employee should have had uh, multiple times throughout the week, throughout the year in, uh, in that meeting. So... Um, the other thought I have is just, you know, we're pretty um, serious about debriefing events. And so baptism, whatever just happened to get in the room and say, hey, what went really well? Uh, what didn't go very well? And I've been around you, Todd, uh, countless times where you've just said, hey, who's going to take that back to that person? Hey, who's going to go back and tell them that that was something that we can improve on? Or who's going to go and appropriately make sure that they know we celebrated them behind their back, that they did something, uh, they did an incredible work? Yeah, you want to make sure that your feedback isn't, uh, annual, and you want to make sure that it's not what I would call uh, just a formality. And what I mean by formality is, hey, you just had a great event, and you go, hey, we just really want to thank so-and-so. They put this on. We couldn't have done it without them. I mean, in some way, it's appropriate that you do that, but if that's your only feedback, that, that people go, that's like a uh, a, a single-stem rose on Valentine's Day. Yeah, It's the minimum thing you have to do, right? And you don't really get credit for it. Yeah, it, and, and so, you know, and on the annual... Um, thing is is we do we have a cardinal rule you never share anything at an annual review that 360 review that you haven't already shared all throughout the year there should be never should be a surprise so i i I mean timely helpful candid feedback you know is just basically what proverbs says better is open rebuke than love that is concealed yeah right faithful are the wounds of a friend but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy All, all that little bullet is is just saying just live wisely Right. Okay. You know, uh, and and so you, you know, encourage each other day after day, so you won't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And, and so sometimes feedback is that was really outstanding, mm-hmm. right? Hey, I saw the way you just did something there, the way you died to your flesh. Or so, so yeah, it's got to be something that um, always you're cultivating and you're 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 creating a culture that hey, I want this from you. I need this from you, and I'm committed to giving it to you. So as leaders, I think one thing just to kind of, from the inside view, here, here's what this really looks like, is that sometimes, if we're going to do this, if we're going to give timely, helpful, candid feedback, this means that sometimes you don't accomplish as much as you wanted to accomplish in a meeting. Sometimes there's record scratch kind of moments where you're going to stop talking about what the agenda says you should be talking about. Now we're going to have we're going to have this conversation. So it's not always the most efficient way to go about doing things. Sometimes sometimes things, it takes longer to get done. Correct, yeah. I mean, you have to, it takes time to give people feedback. And I think about, uh, you know, there's this quote in a movie 
that he just says uh, there's the two words that have done the most harm in the English language are good job. And the point that he's trying to make is those, those are throwaway words. If you tell somebody, hey, good job, you're not telling them, hey, here's what you could have done better, and here's specifically what I thought you did great, and here's what I want to see you do next time, and here's what you might consider changing. And to say all of that, it's a, it's a lot shorter and a lot easier to say good job. It takes a lot more thought and a lot more time and a lot more care to say, no, this is really what I thought about the job you did, and here's how I want to develop you as a person. And this is really key, I think, to how leaders are developed around here. It is that feedback piece. I'll, I'll throw this last piece out because this is what the role we play in each other's life. Friends are friends are uh, iron that sharpens iron. It's another instrument that comes alongside yours that makes yours better. Uh, we, I, I, we, well, we never have in, in 17 years. Watermark has never had an outside consultant come in. Okay, but what do you think the biggest advantage of an outside consultant is? They're not here. They, I mean, they're not. Uh, bl- they don't have the blind spots. There you, know. you go. They, you know, there's an old saying: "Fox can't smell. A fox can't smell his own hole." They have. They don't understand why you do what you do or how long you've been doing it. They have fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we are to each other. New employees are are like, invaluable, and we we tell them that all the time. Hey, the, the first yeah. three months that you're here, we tell all our new employees. I, I take them to lunch, every one of them, and I just go, "Hey." These first three months are going to be some of the most valuable three months that you're going to be able to give us because we do things here that we've forgotten that we do them. We don't even maybe even ask ourselves why we do them anymore, and you need to. And and it's going to help us evaluate, is that still the best way to do it, or should we stop doing that? So please ask questions and and raise your hand as much as you can. That's what friends do in each other's lives. That, that's what I'm talking about when I say give timely, helpful, candid feedback. When a consultant comes in, you're expecting that he's going to give you consult, counsel that will make you better. If friends don't do that, okay, one of the reasons churches need outside people to come in and do it is because they don't live authentically with each other. And frankly, they got to hire somebody in and pay them to have the courage to tell each other what everybody there already knows. Okay? And so I, I might recommend a better way is to just say we're committed to that to each other. Okay, because no outside person is going to care as much about this place as we are. So don't pay somebody to come in to do what friends do. Okay, so good, so good. This, but this right here, all in of itself, could be a a podcast all by itself. So I think just just a couple things to kind of transition this out. One, make sure you're long on encouragement. You heard Todd say that, so you don't just run around just blowing people up and telling them, you know. Um, that wasn't very good. And so, yeah, feedback's you know, positive and negative. course corrective, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so, you heard JP say, I, I might say it another way, JP, but you just said be specific and then also give them something that they can do, give it, make it actionable. So, Practical. just, yeah, just to tell somebody that was a terrible sermon, they don't even know where to start. But when you say, hey, there's something specific, I think that's super, super helpful. And then, you know, I just, just to paint, paint a picture of what it's like to be around here um, on this. This happens at all levels, up and down. You know, we don't talk about org charts much, but um, an admin can absolutely give feedback to sure. a senior leader around here. And so, because of that, it's um, we all get better. Sure. And uh, and they see things. You know, all of us just see have a different perspective. And it's one of the things I love. I've got a friend who was, you could call it rebuked uh, recently by you know an admin, one of the senior leaders here, and he didn't say I. Do you not understand your place? You know, mm-hmm. do you know who I am? He said, "Thank you so much." And it's, yeah. what, it's what, one of the things I love about working around here. So, the only other thing I'd add is I like to I like someone to frame the feedback for me. So I want to understand if somebody's giving me feedback. I want to understand, hey, their perception overall. How was the the overall event or the overall thing that I did before they start saying, "Hey, change this," or whatnot? Because if you if you're changing something that was 
terrible, uh, then that's a big change. But if they say, hey, no, it was, that was really good. Uh, you know, if I was giving it a one through a hundred grade, it was a 98, but here's a 2% change that you might want to consider. So that, frame the, the feedback. Yeah. So a couple of phrases we use a lot. We don't use strength and weaknesses. We use strength and strengthen. Right? Yeah. This was strong. Here's an area you could strengthen it, sure. right? Because it, it's encouragement. So encouragement doesn't just, uh, it, it isn't just positive, it isn't negative. It's it's both sides of that. But there's a way to frame it that's helpful. And then secondly, as we do say this, what's the last 2%? One of the things we tell people in community here at Watermark is the way you're really going to love each other, mm-hmm. okay, is if you share in the group what you're going to say to each other you in and your spouse in the car and the, and the, and the ride home. And, and I'm going to tell you, it takes... Listen, the words of the wise make knowledge acceptable when you do it, how you do it, right? Uh, Galatians says that, um, you know, we're to bear one of those burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. If any of you sees any brother caught in any spiritual trespass, mm-hmm. this is now the verse before the one I just quoted, he says, look to yourself lest you too first be tempted. In other words, that you come at him with arrogance or you come at him with, uh, with blind spots, Right, you don't clothe yourself in humility the way it says in First Peter five. So how you do this really matters, mm-hmm. okay? But you need to do it. If you don't do it, dare you dare not call yourself a friend? So good, mm-hmm. yeah. And Todd, you'll I see you lower lower your voice and even body posture rather than inflating. You kind of uh, you get small. You lower your voice, and it just makes it uh, so much more palatable and uh, easy to receive. They don't feel as attacked. And so yeah, great. Um, hey, let's just keep moving here. Um, so another one is just to laugh a lot. And I didn't even have a leadership category for fun and laughter before I worked here. So talk about that one. I mean, we did, we did in some that in the unique share, shared experience and Todd touched on Farkle and just like anything that we can, if we're together, if we're huddled up, I mean, I remember you used to ask the question in staff prayer, Hey, when's the last time you laughed until you cried? <laughs> I mean, that right. was a, that was a, yeah. a theme for a season and people would just share, Hey, this is the last time I laughed until I cried. And, you know, hopefully it was in the recent rearview mirror and, uh, and it was a story that we could all, you know, laugh from something when, when people come here and they visit our staff and they're around us, the things I hear consistently, you know, you hear authenticity. But I also hear, man, you guys really love each other and really care for each other. It seems like you guys have a lot of fun. And then something, John, you touched on, and, and I've been thinking about, you know, working on a parenting message, but just that you, you always say, hey, make sure your home is the is a fun place. Yeah. That it's a it's a great fun alternative to anything else that your children could be doing. And I think that has bled into the staff culture here. That if we're huddled up, man, I mean, we work, we get a lot of stuff done. But uh, we're looking for an opportunity to laugh together. Yeah, I, listen. When you, one of the reasons you asked that question was the last time you laughed till you cried. If none of the answers have anything to do with you, you probably got work to do. Yeah. All right. And so I just, I, I want to just go, man. Let's. We've got to. We work hard here. Right. We're we're dealing with um, people that whose lives are broken. We we have an enemy who wages war against us. We make war here. And so we've also got to make sure that we make we have a little bit of fun. And you know the scripture, uh, Proverbs seventeen, you know twenty two says, "A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones." Man, if all you've got is a heavy, broken—I mean, Jesus was sober of spirit, but but I, I got to tell you, I know he was one of the pictures I have of Jesus in my office is of laughing Jesus. It's a it's a it's a picture of Jesus laughing. I know he did it. He was a man full of emotion. And uh, if you ask some people, hey, man, was the last time you laughed? If you're not near or around any of those stories, then then you probably need to be spending more time together and creating those moments because it is good medicine. You guys are going to go through some tough stuff together. Make sure you, you take some of that stuff that the 
Spirit of God, the wisdom of God says is good for your soul. It's yeah. good. It's good. I mean, you know, this this morning um, <laughs> it was a domestic violence, um, mm-hmm. uh, bad, really, really bad. Police called, and that's you know what our team was was working on this morning. And that, that's the job of a pastor. And so that's the heavy kingdom of God, souls of men, discipling, uh, heavy, heavy leadership weight. And all that's true. And I think just having some laughter is just a bit of a pressure release uh, on that. And you can reset and you can have fun and you can go back and do and shoulder, I think, some of those really difficult things again, which is, again, it's one of the things I love about this place. So Yeah. I mean, I, you know, let me just, one of the things that we do, uh, you know, uh, the simple game, this is just uh, free to put in there that has created much laughter. I mean, laughter till we cried. We played a game called Over the Mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a staff where it's hard now with 225 people, but we've we've done it. Although not as well. You can't do it as well. But if you got a staff of eight, man, you're perfectly set up for this. You get in a circle and somebody's in the middle of it. There's seven chairs, eight people. And that person in the middle said, over the mountain, if, you know, you saw, you, you could do anything. Like, you know, if you, um, you just you could pick up an idea of, of something that somebody, like if you ever went streaking, okay? And then you watch, if, if, the, if you did, you got to get up and go get another uh, chair and you know you see who's in the middle, and it's always like story, story, or get up if you have a tattoo, and you find out who's tatted up on your staff, or yep. you know. Um, and so it's just it, it could be anything. You can you can do it a lot more somber over the mountain if you haven't read your Bible today. Okay, maybe throw one of those in every fourteen, but but make sure you're trying to to pull experiences out. And what it becomes is a game where people get to tell. Stuff and maybe the last time you laughed is when somebody was sharing an embarrassing moment that they hadn't shared with you before, and you laugh and your hearts are knit together because you know more of their soul. So there's lots that you can do. You've got to cultivate opportunity to just not impress yourself with how hard you're working. Yeah, you want to be you want to impress on each other that this relationship and our love for each other matters. And in the midst of our sorrow, there ought to be some celebration and yeah. laughter. Good. I'll just take an aside. The most embarrassing moment on staff was over at one of those over the mountains, but it wasn't because of what I shared. Do you remember this at all? No, no. You have to help me. So Christy uh, Goldenberg, she was at our time, (laughs) she was kind of one of the administrators. I I think you heard her. You mean person who will remain nameless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Called Christy. And and so we run out there and I tripped and fell. So right in the middle of that, that in and of itself was embarrassing. And Christy comes running, there's one seat left. She comes I running by now. me and it was just like football. I was back in two days yeah. and uh, there was a body that ran by me and I leg swept. I tackled her yeah. and she fell down in front of all of our friends. It was, it was one of the lowest moments ever. Um, she was gracious and kind and forgave me, but uh, that was about as bad as it got. But uh, but we laughed oh, gosh, once we realized Christy yeah. didn't need ACL surgery. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't going to spend the night in the hospital. Um, and, and so, yeah, just to paint a – listen, those are just some of those funny moments. And then, Todd, generally you'll say, all right, we're going back to war. Let's go. And so we've laughed, and now let's get after it. And both of those can coexist just fine and I think actually help each other. So, All right, this next one is a little bit tricky, so we're going to talk about it carefully. But the uh, the fifth idea is this, is to, to try to take away as many financial burdens as you can. Todd, what would you say about that? Well, um, listen – we are told to know well the condition of our flock. And in some ways, the team that I'm, I'm leading, as, as you guys are leading huge areas of our staff, one of the things I got to understand, what are the pressure points? What are the things that they're feeling um, that's going to hinder them, get in the way, burden them, maybe discourage them? And so I've got I've to know what's going on in people's lives. I mean, I, I just sent out a, um, asking, we had a half day away of prayer for everybody after the, our, our, our week of um, 
you know, celebrating and serving pastors from all across the country and world. And as we did that, I just said, hey, I asked everybody, tell me how I can pray for you. And then I asked in there specifically, what's what's discouraging you right now? What what burdens do you have? What financial issues are haunting you? I asked that question because I wanted to know. And I've got some action points that came out of that um, because I want to make sure that we understand what's going on. Listen, it's it's the job of a man, it's a job of, of an individual who's caring, single mom, whoever, to provide for their family. And that can be a major source of discouragement. They feel like they can't provide for their family the way that they want. We all know, listen, we, we, we say all the time around here, if you go into ministry for the money, you don't have the brains for the job, mm-hmm. right? And that other little silly thing that's always thrown out, like, oh, Lord, you know, congregations pray, give us a poor, humble pastor. You keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. And, and I think there's this idea out there that, you know, gosh, it, it's really a godly sign to have this uh, constant haunting need in your life. Listen, and cars break, hot water heaters don't turn on washing machines, need repair, um, and and kids go to college, right? Uh, kids get to a certain age. All their kids maybe be going to summer camps. One of the things I did really early on, I came as you guys know, uh, I for ten years worked at in, in a summer camping environment. I came to Christ through Young Life at a summer camp. I saw the power of pulling kids out of their environment. You know the summer camps that are out there, they aren't free. If I if I gave every guy in my staff an extra thousand bucks. Okay, per kid, even just without telling them why, I just gave it to them. So I want you to use this for your kids. There's just pressing needs. Sometimes, like I say, it's car issues. Sometimes it's washing machines. Sometimes it's just saving for the future. They wouldn't use it this way. But dads and moms want to be able to, to give their kids experiences that aren't extravagant, but that maybe you sometimes can't because you're on a church staff. So early on, I'm going to use this as one example, and there are many, and you guys know that of kind of things that we do around here that. You know, um, we, we participate in all the church salary studies. There's a, 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 a mega church shared study that we do. There's also a Texas Large Church Forum, one that we look at and we compare, you know, to make sure that we're not extravagant or we're not out of whack one way or the other. But at the same time, I just go, there's some things that I want to make sure we do. And I just, with the leadership here, you know, the elders and uh, then the support earlier of others who were participating in that with us said, guys, I want our moms and dads that are on staff here to be able to send their kids to to camps, Christian camps. And um, and so we we have put into play, and, and, and every year we reevaluate it, but we've done it now for I don't know how many years, where we tell folks, hey, your kid, and, and it's not just like any camp, but, you know, but we want you to go to a Christian camp where they can be encouraged and love and play sports or, or develop, and we're going to cover that. And and it you know because the IRS rules it, it it shows up in your paycheck but for that reason actually we we actually you know um, take care of and you only get that if we know that your kids enrolled and are going to that camp but we want you to have that experience so that you can be the dad you know and so that your dad as a dad frankly you can go to your kids and say hey listen th- this is what your mom and dad are going to get to do for you but we, we don't know why you we're doing this for you the body that we serve loves you. And I get thank you notes from a lot of those kids. And and the dad's the hero, but so is the body of Christ that they see, ask so much of their father, those kids go, hey, they love me. They love this family. They're committed to me. And, you know, it's not just the church staff we do that for. We, we're, you know, we're trying to be sensitive to everybody in our body. But, but it starts, as we say, with us knowing well the condition of our leaders because leaders are the ones that know well the condition of others. And we're trying to model for them what we do. So there's a myriad of examples, but I will just say this. As a leader, if you are out of touch 
with the financial burdens that your staff is experiencing. If you're hiring young staff, do they have college debt? Is it wise to even bring them on with significant college debt when you're going to pay them less than they would make somewhere else? So, so it, you got to vet it when they come in, and you got to care for them while they're here. And you know, we we work hard to make sure that there's not going to be a crisis that comes into a family because of health issues. So, how you care for them and work hard to make sure that your insurance is excellent. Now, look, John. Everybody listens to this podcast, and Adam. Some of them in very small churches. Some of them, the pastor is a. Um, you know, as a tent maker. And so every situation is different. But what I'm going to say is the body of Christ, read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, man. The body of Christ is responsible to care for one another. And there are probably in your body uh, resources that can be used for folks who have needs. If you don't know the needs of those you're leaving with, leading with, then you're not loving the people you're leading with. And so we try and take care of some of that. That's the thing I've seen you do well, is just where you started, know well the condition of your flock, and just to understand what's going on and what the needs actually are. And, and we may have to get creative to meet those needs, but that's a transferable, practical thing that any any pastor can do, is just be aware of what their staff is going through and and uh, to help them solve those problems uh, based on the resources that, that you have or that the Lord has provided. That's good. It, Todd, you gave a soundbite of, you know, you just want your kids, I don't even know if this, maybe you were insinuating this, you don't want your kids to be embittered because you work at a church. And so, uh, yeah, I would just say like our kids, um, you know, most of the time they they take you up on the offer to go to camp and they're really, really grateful. Uh, boy, they've got friends who have, they literally have a friend who's got an elevator in their house, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, what does that guy do? And I, I could assure you he doesn't work uh, at a church staff. And, uh, and so there is, you know, I think you have to keep it kind of commensurate with what pastors make. You just, you know, needs to pass the, the sniff test, all of those kind of things. And yet you just don't want families just struggling just to eat, to stay alive and have that incredible pressure because it will affect, it will affect their leadership. Uh, and then you don't want your best guys. You don't want these incredible guys uh, that are super talented to have to go somewhere else just so that they can feed their family. You know, you want That's to right. pro- provide room inside the organization if you can. And there's a whole lot of um, just kind of factors that every church and situation has taken. Yeah, account. you also don't want your staff to have to come to you with another opportunity for you to pay them what they deserve. So, I mean, I'm all the time just looking and just go, hey, if that guy is going to go do what he's doing or maybe even what he could do somewhere else, okay, and in in a similar environment, if somebody's going to go back, I mean, I'm I'm not here to compete with, you know, uh, Goldman Sachs if they want to go and be a financial, you know, planner or worker for them or work in in a financial industry or oil and gas or whatever it might be. But what I'm just saying is if a guy's got to come to me with another opportunity so I pay him what he's worth, I'm not doing a good job. I'm just not doing a good job. And and so it, it is on us to just be in tune with that. One of the ways, I mean, this what we're really talking about here is caring for one another. Right. Okay. And having a relationship with one another. And one of the areas that you've got to talk about is where the pressure points in their life related to how they're getting to lead, provide for their family, and and, and the ways that they're appropriately being compensated for the work that they're doing. To say something that we've covered is just, as we talked about unique shared experiences and laughing a lot, um, you know, I think there could be a temptation to hear this and think, well, yeah, but all that, that costs a lot of money. And I think, Todd, you're really good at, at getting creative and it doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily have to cost a lot of money. Real quick anecdotal stories. I remember 
early on is we just had a, a morning with donuts and families. And right after that, my, my daughter was turning six. And I said, hey, where do you want to have your, your birthday? You can have it anywhere. Or I said, if you could have it anywhere, where would you want to have it? She, she looked at me with big eyes and said, daddy, could I have it at church? Yeah. And there's just that was a place <laughs> where she had a lot of fun. And so... Yeah, it's fun. I, I, it, it just—I'm telling you, man. It just—it do, it doesn't. It takes intentionality. It doesn't take tons of money. Yeah. And um, but I, but I will tell you that you and invest. The people are your most valuable resource. It's true. And so if you're not investing in and caring for your people, then you're not investing in the most significant resource that you have at your church. All right, John. I got one question based on what we just listened to. So you really tackled her. <laughs> true true story. I'm on the ground, she walks by, and it was just, I was back, man. The coach was yelling at me, the whistles were blowing, and I grabbed her legs as she hit the hit the deck. Um, it was not good. But we're great <laughs> friends, and everybody's laughing about it now. It, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it's funny now. It was not funny. It was not funny. How long, uh, that's one that takes like a week before you start laughing about it. But but we or, are, we're probably getting or, more laughter out of it. Four than months or years, yeah. Four months <laughs> It's awesome. Well, great. Hey, I, I loved. I loved all that they had to say about that. Do you have any any other closing thoughts on providing feedback, laughter, removing financial burdens before we close down? Yeah, it was all great. You know, one thought onto the feedback is that you know we've all been given gifts, and so when we um, when we give feedback, we're helping someone develop the gifts that God gave them, not just for themselves, but for the body. And I think as we do give feedback. Um, the, from the community, it helps build up the body of Christ. And so uh, it's not just a pragmatic move. I mean, this is like, you know, kingdom of God stuff and really, really important. And we should see it uh, as such when we're leading uh, we're leading others. Well, great. Well, this has been a, a great list of things to go through. We, we've got quite a few more to still talk about with Todd and JP. And so we will release those episodes in the future. But for now, if you have found this podcast or any of the podcasts in the past helpful, we would love it if you would click subscribe in iTunes. And again, if you have any questions or future topics that you would like for us to talk about, as always, you can email us at clp at watermark.org. So until next time, we appreciate your time, and we will talk to you all soon. 